G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. You know something? That old saying that blood is thicker than water, it's true. There's a special bond between members of a family. Our family really does matter. And that, that's why it's time to look at what it means to build a godly family. I'm Bernie Diamond. Thanks so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today, we're continuing our look at how to build a godly family. Not a perfect one, mind you, but a godly one. And I know that God has some powerful wisdom that he wants to share with you through his word. So let's dive straight in. And please do stay tuned, because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you about a free booklet that I'd love to send you. It's called A Home Blessed with Peace. It's about helping you become the person in your family through whom God pours out his peace. Amen. It's great. Here we are again, another week, continuing our series called Building a Godly Family. And the reason we're doing that is because families really matter. We all imagine that out there somewhere there's a typical family, a mum, a dad, 2.4 well-adjusted children, and that perfect family is living out a perfect life. In fact, not just one of them, lots of them, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of them, all these perfect families. I mean, look at them. They all look so perfect, but not me. Not my family. Blended or dysfunctional on arguments and strife. People who haven't talked to each other for years. Parents who drive their children nuts. Children who just don't get it. They go off and do their own thing and leave their parents shaking their heads. You get what I'm saying, right? It feels like sometimes it's just our family that's in a mess and everyone else's has got it together. You know why? There's those happy ads on TV, selling the four-wheel drives with happy, smiling kids in the back seat, selling the breakfast cereal, the ad where the sun's shining in the kitchen window and and mum's pouring orange juice while the kids are sitting there smiling and eating healthy cereal. I mean, come on. Life's not like that. It's just not you. It's just not me. We all have issues in our family. 99.9% of the people do, and those who don't are kidding themselves. It varies, of course. I mean, not everyone's kids are doing drugs. Not every husband is beating his wife. But there is no such thing as the perfect family out there. There just isn't. So let's stop carrying around this burden that we've plonked on our heads that somehow my family doesn't measure up to what everyone else's family is doing. It's not about measuring up. In my book, it's about what can I do from this day forward to build a godly family? What seeds can I sow? What, what plants can I water so that the fruit of a godly family will grow for all to enjoy? That's what it's about, because our families matter. Let me ask you this. How much does your family matter to you? Just stop and sit back and think about that for a moment. Chew it over. How much does my family mean to me? I don't know what your family looks like, but it doesn't matter who we are, where we're at, how we were brought up, somehow... We're all part of a family. 
my hunch is that it's God's plan for it to be that way. It's more than a hunch. I mean, God is three persons in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, living in perfect community. I'm not sure that I've ever even quite thought of it this way, but there we have it, the first family, God himself. The first verse in the Bible says, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, Elohim, literally God's plural. And the very first person he creates, Adam. Well, have a listen to what God says about Adam. It is not good that a man should be alone. I will make a helper as his partner, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. And right throughout the Old Testament, what you see is that God's blessing for his people, the Israelites, is all about having two things, their own land and lots of children. We know that family is meant to be a blessing. It's a God thing. I mean, right from the beginning, God isn't just one person, he's three. Family really matters. And I know that for some people, just hearing that is going to hurt, hurt an awful lot. Almost half of all marriages in the wealthy West end in divorce. I have friends who've lost loved ones in the ravages of war. Every day, 25, 30,000 children die of poverty and starvation and disease and AIDS. And So thinking about family, depending on your particular circumstances, well, you know it can hurt. But the reason it hurts so much, the reason divorce is such a scourge and and losing someone we love tears our insides out, the reason is this, because family truly matters. We want our family to stay intact. We want our our kids to grow up strong and healthy. and, And have a listen to what the psalmist writes in Psalm 37, beginning at verse 25. If you have a Bible, grab it. Open it up here. Psalm 37, verse 25. I have been young. And now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor their children begging bread. They are ever giving liberally and lending, and their children become a blessing. See, that's God's perfect plan for our families. For us to live a good life, a righteous life, and for us to be a blessing to our children, and for them then to go on and become a blessing to others. It's a story, well, it's a story that's written in our DNA. It's a story that plays itself out in our hopes and our dreams. But it's a plot that we so easily lose in the busyness of a consumer-oriented, entertainment-oriented, credit card-oriented world in which we live. Let me ask you again. Out of everything in your life, everything you have, every hope, every dream, every possession, every desire, out of everything, how much does your family matter? My hunch is for most of us, The answer is a lot. Family matters an awful lot, doesn't it? And if it does, if it really does, then surely, surely we need to invest in this thing. We need to not just talk about having a godly family, but get on and build a godly family. These relationships, these people who matter more to us than any other thing on this earth. That's what we're going to be talking about this week on the program, making that investment, getting beyond talking, getting beyond thinking, getting beyond dreaming, and actually getting on and building a godly family, because there is so much blessing in that, so much. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. I just want to take a moment during this short break to share something truly important with you. Families, well, they were always God's idea. And yet families invariably involve conflict. 
It's not just your family, it's every family, more or less. But how do we turn the more into less, conflict into peace? That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called A Home Blessed with Peace, and it's full of life-changing, practical Bible teaching to help you be the one in your family through whom God pours out His peace. Amen? In fact, at the end of each chapter, you'll find some life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your family life. To request your copy, stop by at our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or just give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415, and I'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com, or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. We're chatting today about building a godly family. Not in theory, but in practice. Turning things around to bring peace and joy, love and forgiveness into your family. That can be a tall order for some. So at some point, the talk has to turn into action. Otherwise, nothing's ever going to change. The question is, are you ready? Now, so many families are in a mess, tension, strife, but all it takes is one member of that family to turn back to God, to honour God, and God can and will make some awesome and mighty changes. It might take time. It might take longer than you or I would prefer, but God's a God of grace. His heart is to bless our families to a thousand generations. All he's looking for is some godly men, women and children to take a stand and say, enough of this. It is time for me to build a godly family. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20 in the Message Translation says this, God's way is not a matter of mere talk. It's an empowered life. You know what I've noticed? We can talk a lot about stuff, but most times nothing changes unless we actually do something. And yet, because we come home tired and we need a rest, and we just ignore things. We let things run. The, the badly behaved children, for example. There's a great proverb. It's in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 17. It says, Discipline your children, and they will give you rest. They will give delight to your heart. Now, you've seen it down the local supermarket. So have I. The mother with the child. The child is just grinding her down. Bad behaviour, throwing tantrums. And mum, she's just tired. She's too tired to do anything. She, she lets this kid run right. It causes her grief, causing everybody else around the place grief too, I might add. Why does that happen? I'll tell you why. Probably because dad is too tired to discipline the child when he comes home at night. So this kid walks all over his mother. She's exhausted, and the kid's only seven. Wait till this little terror becomes a teenager. I mean, just wait. There is fruit in building a godly family. Tremendous fruit. And what Proverbs said is, when you discipline your children, they will give you rest. They will give delight to your heart. Peace and a delighted heart. See, what you sow, you actually reap. The problem is that sowing, well, it's such hard work sometimes, and reaping seems to be such a long way off, doesn't it? Well, let me tell you something. We've been talking about building a godly family. But it ain't going to happen unless we step out in faith and start making it happen. Yes, it's about God blessing our efforts. But if he's got nothing to bless, 
then he's got nothing to bless. We behave ourselves into a bad place. Bad habits in families happen because we we just fail to do things and we do things that are wrong that we shouldn't be doing. It's what we say, what we do, what we fail to do. We behave ourselves into that bad place. And yes, we should pray, but God expects us to start behaving ourselves out of that place. He's going to bless that, but we have to do our part. So the question is, do you want a godly family, a family where where each family member is living out a dynamic relationship with Jesus Christ, where each one is living that out in their lives. Husband and wife have this this warm and intimate relationship. Children are, are by and large honouring their parents. Each family member respects, honours, understands the other. There's real blessing, God's blessing, that flows into our families and out through our families when we build a godly family. But we're going to have to decide that's what we want. Plan it and start living it. We're going to have to decide that some changes have to be made. This easy, comfortable, lazy existence has to change. Discipline's painful. Kids don't like it much. It takes hard work and strength and perseverance, but it pays dividends. So let me ask you, how much do you want to have a godly family? And if the answer is absolutely yes, I do, then some decisions have to be made. If your family is one with a husband and a wife, then it's up to the both of you. Talk and dream and decide what's important. Set priorities. Figure out how we're going to do this together. What steps do we need to take first? Mum and Dad, you are the leaders. Don't expect the kids to figure this out. And I happen to believe, actually, that ultimately the father is responsible for the spiritual growth and nourishment and development of his family. The buck stops with you, Dad. This isn't a sexist thing. I mean, so many women would give their eye teeth for their husbands to step up to the plate and take on that leadership role. So many kids would love to have parents who are not only interested in them, who spend time with them and effort setting boundaries, enforcing the boundaries, nurturing them within the boundaries. I have to tell you, as a person, I'm a natural isolationist. You know something? I I so much prefer my own company, oftentimes, to the company of other people. It's just who I am. Now, I really enjoy retreating to my own space after a hard day at the office. So for me, given who I am, getting involved with the family and the kids and listening to what happened to them at school or at work, it's just not a natural gig. But we have to start somewhere. You can't build a godly family if there's no relationship, if there's no interaction. It's something my wife's taught me. We're going to talk about some of the how a little bit later in today's program and again next week. In fact, one of the godliest families I know, friends who live in the US with mum, dad and nine kids, they have given me some of their pointers both the parents and the kids. So we're going to have a look at those next week on the program. But right now, we have to decide, each one of us, do we actually want to have a godly family? Well, do we? And if we do, what are we going to do about it? Maybe that's something you can pray about and think about and talk about at home over this coming week. We can talk some more next week on the program, this whole thing of building a godly family.
I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you draw ever closer to God. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional, a powerful scripture verse together with some words of inspiration, hope, and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet, or computer each and every day. Or, if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see the Fresh e-devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. Or, if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 to request the printed fresh devotional. It's completely up to you. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. So go ahead, sign up to receive fresh, and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through His Word. Now, honour is not something that gets talked about a lot these days. But commandment number five out of the top ten is to honour your father and your mother. It comes ahead of really important commandments like you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not commit adultery. Wow, why is that? Well, it turns out that there's a very good reason why honour your father and mother comes right up there at commandment number five. Now, we were talking before the break about the fact that if we want to build a godly family, we have to do more than talk about it. We have to act. And I just want to talk about our children right now because one of the biggest things that robs the peace out of our homes is children who haven't learned to honour their parents and one another. Now, honour is something that today's generations don't talk too much about. Oh, we we want other people to honour us. But honour, as it turns out, is a two-way street, and without it... We simply can't have a godly family. In fact, God thinks it's so important that in the Ten Commandments, the first four are about God and us, and the very next one, the fifth commandment, is about honour in the family. Pretty amazing, this whole Ten Commandments thing, when you think about it. Let's have a quick look. The first commandment is in Exodus chapter 20, verses 2 and 3. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. The second commandment, Exodus chapter 20, verse 4 and following. You shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not bow down to worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Commandment number four begins in Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for your Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. The fourth commandment, Exodus chapter 20, verses 8, 9 and 10. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day unto the Lord your God, and you shall not do any work. So the first four commandments is don't make any idols, don't worship anything else other than God, don't use his name badly, and have a day of rest which you give to him. So those first four commandments are all about, in a nutshell, the executive summary, honouring God. Now I'm wondering, if, if you or I were God, what would we have put down as the very next commandment. Well, if it were me, I I think murder would have been number five. I mean, you shouldn't murder people. That's really important. What could be more important than that? Don't steal, don't commit adultery. What should have been number five? What does God choose as number five? 
Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Honour your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Ahead of murder, ahead of adultery, stealing, lying and jealousy, honour your mum and dad? I don't think I would have put that in the top ten. Maybe in the top 20, but certainly not in the top 10. Certainly not as the very next commandment after those that are about honouring God. Yet where does God put it? Number five. Not only that, it's the very first commandment to which there is a blessing attached. So that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. You know, when you become a parent, you start thinking what that means is that if the kids honour the parents, the parents won't kill them. Yeah, well, you know, they're teenage years, but that's not what it means, right? What it means is that God will bless someone that honours their father and their mother. Figure that out. This is really important to God. See, Israel was going in to possess the promised land. They would have to take it by force one day. And all the nations they took it off would try and take it back again. All the other nations around them would try to defeat them. But the blessing attached to honouring your father and mother is this, that you will own your land and you will have peace. Isn't there a message in that for a few families? Now, many families are a mess because the children have never been taught to honour their parents. I know young adult children in their 20s who live with their parents. They don't pay any board. There's a particular woman I know. This child is a drain on the parents' finances in their old age. They leave a mess behind. They cause pain. Why? Because these children were not taught to honour their father and their mother. You know, as a teenager, the most natural thing in the world is to treat your parents like slaves. You expect your father to be a taxi driver. You expect your mother to wash your clothes and you clean up after you. But there comes a point in those teenage years where the children are old enough to be taught to do some of these things, not just for themselves, but actually to do some things back for their parents, to clean up messes that they don't create, to clean toilets that not just they use so that they learn to honour the other people. Honouring means putting other people ahead of yourself. How many children have never been taught to honour their parents? Because, you know what? It's hard work. Have another listen to what the psalmist says. Psalm 37 verse 25. We looked at it before the break. I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. They are ever giving liberally and lending and their children become a blessing. The fruit of righteousness in the family is that children become a blessing. See that link? It's what happens. The kids are meant to become a blessing. That is God's plan. Now let me warn you here. Teaching our children to honour their parents, by jingo, it's hard work. It's it's ongoing. It's never-ending. Why? Because we're all born into sin. All of us. You, me, our children. Think about it. What's the very first or second word that a young child learns to say? No. We're all naturally rebellious. And that's why God calls us first and foremost to honour him. But then he's got this amazing plan. Children are meant to be born into a loving family. And they are meant to learn not just to honour God, but to honour their parents. This family thing is a safe place for them to learn. The reason God builds us so that we love our children is that they're allowed to make mistakes. They're allowed to get wrong. They're allowed to dishonour us. And God calls mothers and fathers to set boundaries and to teach their children 
to honour God and to honour their parents. Parents, listen to me. In this day of consumerism, we've been conned into thinking by the advertising machinery that, by the way, is trying to part you and me with our hard-earned money. We've been conned into thinking that unless we pander to our children's every desire, unless we buy the lollies strategically placed at the supermarket checkout in order to part you and me with our hard-earned cash, unless we do that and race them here and make their lunches and clean up after them and do all that stuff, unless we do that, we're just not being good parents. And we rationalise this saying, well, we're so busy at work, I need to do these things, I need to, I need to love them, all the other parents are doing it. The very worst thing we can do is not to teach our children to honour us because when we fail in that, we fail to give them the most important element of maturity that they will require, the ability not to be first, the ability to be subject to authority, the ability to serve others and put others before themselves. Do you get it? In our home, there are some bottom lines, some basic rules. You do not go out unless your bedroom is tidy. There are no exceptions. You speak with respect to your mother. No, she's not your slave. You say thank you when your mother or I play taxi driver for you. Thank you directly, straight away, and loud enough for us to hear. This is not about ego. It's not about being mean. It's about one simple thing. The best thing I can do is to teach my children to honour their mother, particularly the boys, because if they don't learn to honour her, how will they ever honour their wives when they grow up? And the same for my daughter. Unless children are taught to honour their father and their mother, there can be no godliness in the household. There will be no peace. There can't be. And the time to start is today, here and now. But before I go, there's something really important that I need to share with you. This program, Christianity Works, is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries to live in the peace and the joy, the victory and the love that only come through faith in Jesus Christ. But that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you. Each dollar that you give today will grow to reach nearly 3,000 people with a gospel message. How incredible is that? That means that a gift today of just $35 can touch over 100,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous, tax-deductible gift of support to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now, securely online, by visiting our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or by calling 1-300-722-415. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond and I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.